Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the No Name Music Cast. My name's Tim, and this is Joy. And here at the top of the episode, we're going to go straight into music news, music news, music news. So I think I'm going to hand over to Joy. What music news do you have for us? So I have two things. Um, One is sad. One is really good. Um, For those who didn't who don't realize in what time frame me and Tim are doing this. You will hear this a few weeks into the future, but Coolio died yesterday, um, which was a rapper. And the reason I know Tim's probably not super familiar with his work, but the reason I wanted to bring this up was if you are a no-name music cast aficionado or whatever you call yourselves, I don't know. Do we have, we need to come up with a name for our fans, but anyway, so. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure that out later. But if you've been listening for a while, there was an episode where I talked about the song called Fantastic Voyage, which mm-hmm. was by Lakeside. And Tim had no clue what I was talking about. Deer to headlights just stared at me. Well, he went and looked it up later and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, there's two versions of that song. There's the Lakeside version, which is really cool. But there's also the Coolio version. And I absolutely adored the Coolio version. It was one of my favorite kind of just like jammy kind of songs. So I was sad to see, obviously, he's a person I was sad to see his passing uh, another thing about coolio is when i was a kid there's a show called keenan and kel and so he did the theme song for it and it's his voice that's like at the beginning and everything so it's very nostalgic for me so i just wanted to bring that up and kind of talk about that because i thought um it, while he didn't have a whole lot of hits he did have a handful of hits i think most people are familiar with and we've talked about gangster's paradise on here before and things mm-hmm. like that Now, the second music news that I have is very um, on brand because of the last week's episode. President Biden um, gave Elton John the National Humanities Medal. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the footage. And um, because, of course, as we discussed, Elton John is on his farewell tour and he did a stop at the White House Mm -hmm. where he performed just by himself and for the president and other um, people and dignitaries and all that kind of stuff. So he he played a set and he played a bunch of his hits. And at the end of the performance, the president um, surprised him with that medal and he was taken back. He he didn't know anything about that. He didn't know that was coming. Yeah, he looks super flabbergasted in the video, if you see it. It's super sweet. And it was for his, you know, ongoing advocacy and money raising and everything he does for his charity. Um, that's the fight against HIV and AIDS, which we talked a little bit last in the last episode. So I thought that was awesome. And we talked about, you know, now he's got a sir. He's got whatever that acronym is, Tim said, from the royal family and this. And I think he probably did Kennedy Center honors and all that stuff, too. I think so. I wonder whether they would have given him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I don't know whether you have to be a U.S. citizen to receive that. I don't know if what they gave him was one of the highest awards you could get if he wasn't a citizen. I would have to give it a goog. We'll find out, maybe an update. But I'm not sure. Maybe. No idea. Um, that's possible. Uh, I guess. Do you have to be a citizen to get like to be knighted and stuff in the U.K., you think, Tim? Yeah, you do. Because hmm. I think um, like Bob Geldof. I think he's an I think he was an Irish citizen and there was some controversy that he was going to be Sir Bob Geldof or something. There was mm. and there's been some other people who've had like honorary knighthoods where they can't call themselves a sir because mm. they're not a British citizen. Well, I mean, I guess I never really thought about it, but it makes sense in some ways. It seems a little gatekeepy. <laughs> I don't know how best to say it, but I get it. But yeah, but, you know, it's, it's an award for the citizens of that country. Yeah. Well, and I mean, every award should have some type of parameters around it where everybody would get it, I guess. 
Exactly. I mean, I'm supposed technically a dual citizen, so I could get both of those awards, but the, the likelihood of me getting either is slim to none. <laughs> okay, Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> All right, Tim, what's your music news? Well, it's fair to say that both of the stories that you, uh, you've told were ones that I had up because they, they were very uh, pertinent this week in music news. However, I do have another one. Okay. So yesterday, actually it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before yesterday, was the second Taylor Hawkins tribute mm-hmm. concert, which took place, I think it was like the Kia Arena or something in Los Angeles. Now, there was a little bit of controversy mm. surrounding this concert. Now, much like the Wembley concert, it followed the same thing where uh, lots of celebrities got together and played to honor Taylor Hawkins. They played music that he liked, music that he played with them. And, you know, the James Gang reformed again. And then you had Rush reformed again. And Brian May and Roger Taylor were there. And I think Joan Jett was there this time. She and, was. Uh, Pink was performing and Alanis Morissette. It was a star-studded concert. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, the Wembley concert really did set a high bar. But the, the Los Angeles concert really built on that. And I saw the set list and it was fantastic. But the controversy was when they announced these concerts, they said they were going to be available to live stream. Hmm. And the Wembley concert was. It was on yeah. YouTube when it was live on the MTV YouTube channel. And it wasn't kept up there, but it was live at the time. And then a few days passed and you could get it on Pluto TV. Now, who even knows what Pluto TV is? But I put the app on our Roku TV and I was able to watch all six hours of it. And it was absolutely fantastic. Now, they announced that the second concert would be a similar kind of setup. Mm-hmm. So the concert starts, and it was, um, of course, East Coast time. So it was very late for us. I think it started at 10 p.m. or something like that of West West Coast time. And I'm looking at all the uh, the Twitters and all that stuff, and everyone's like, well, where's the link? Where's the link? And then when we looked around, the, either the Foo Fighters or um, Pluto TV – actually, no, i tell you what it was. Paramount Plus mm-hmm. was supposed to stream it live. Yeah. And they didn't have it. And Pluto TV didn't have it. And YouTube officially didn't have it. So you see all these these heartfelt posts from Foo Fighters saying they're honoring our fallen brother. This is the second concert. This is going to be great. People love Taylor. We love Taylor. And we, we, you know, we're looking forward to playing for Taylor and honoring him and all that stuff. And every just comment off the back of it is, well, where's the stream? Where's the stream? I can't be there. How can I watch this? And what happened is you had people sort of bootlegging it on their mm. phone that you could watch. But I don't know, for a concert like that with the quality of musicianship, I don't want to see someone's shaky phone that may go in and yeah, out. Yeah, and people's heads in front of them. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had cameras there. Mm. And uh, I mean, the rumor is that they're supposed to be releasing a Blu-ray DVD pay-per-view, mm. something like that in the future. But I don't know. Some, some fans felt it was... I don't know. It it spoiled the tribute because it, one thing was promised and then nothing happened. Well, and what I thought of Taylor as a person, um, I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan. There's some songs I like from him, but I know him as an artist. Me and Tim have talked about his singing and his playing and he's amazing. He seems like a really good person. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like it wouldn't be what he would want. He was very big on the whole fandom type thing, I think, and big on like, you know, not gatekeeping. I said gatekeeping earlier. Apparently that's my vernacular today. But, mm-hmm. you know, it feels very gatekeepy or like, oh, you couldn't afford to go to California when you live in, you know, Virginia, like, I don't know. That's weird. And I saw headlines about it. I hadn't looked into it, but my phone notified me that people were discussing it earlier. 
Yeah, and you know the thing is, if there was a pay per view stream and it was I don't know twenty bucks to see it, and the money went to the the charities that the concert was supporting, mm-hmm. people would do that. People wouldn't even question that. Yeah, one time twenty dollar thing, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I would have paid to see that because I really wanted to see it. And in fact, this weekend, I don't have any gigs on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my plan was sit in front of the TV for six hours and watch that Los Angeles <laughs> concert. But as I said, I'm not going to wade my way through poor quality YouTube clips with the quality of musicianship that was on display. Yeah, it's just not a good look. And like, if they're saving it for a Blu-ray or if they're saving it for a pay-per-view, just tell people. Say, here's what we're going to do with it. So that way they have an idea, you know, okay, well, it's not out this week, but it's supposed to be out two weeks from now. I'll plan my, you know what I mean? Just, I don't know why you would keep it hidden. Exactly. And the other thing is I read about the concert. I don't know how true this news is, but I read Mm -hmm. it on a few various places. Apparently, Dave Grohl is going to take a year off from the Foo Fighters. I saw that too. My phone was like, I get rid of headlines that pop up from Google News on my phone and there is a big thing about that. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's a hard year on him. He lost Ooh. a friend. I get it. Of course. I mean, it's 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 devastating for him. Yeah. I mean, for, for the whole band, but I mean, especially for Dave because he was his, you know, his best friend, his musical companion, everything. Hmm, um, maybe. I mean, I think I read that he said that he might do a few side projects and do a few gigs here and there, just keep his uh, keeping in the music world. But um, as far as the foos, they were going to take a year out and then regroup and see what they were going to do. That makes sense, though. It's probably for the best because maybe on the flip side, they might not think they're giving their best show, you know, if Mm -hmm. their mind's not in it or their heart's not in it. Or it just would just be weird to play without the person you've been playing with for years. Exactly. But there we go. Anyway, that wraps up music news for this week. Okay, so this week, it's my turn to pick the topic. Joy doesn't know what I'm going to pick. And I've tried to step slightly outside my comfort zone. And the reason I say that is that I recently did a 1982 episode, which I was talking about how incredible 1982 was. Very much my era, 1982. It's a year I, if I had a time machine, I'd like to go back to 1982 because I didn't really appreciate it as much as I should have at the time because I was very young. However, I've decided this week I'm going to do 90s pop hits. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a good episode for me. Yeah, so I thought this is uh, this is right up uh, Joy's street. It's probably her <laughs> era of pop music rather than the 70s or the 80s. So what I thought I would do before we get into the music, much like I did with the 82 episode, I'm going to go through each year of the 90s just very quickly and just say some world events that happened in the nineties, just to just to set this up before we start talking about the music. I noticed, Bea, you have both been doing that here recently, kind of giving a setup. I like this. Tell us yeah. if you guys like it. I think it helps build the picture. Yeah, and in fact, uh, even outside of that, for for our listeners, and we we do have, we're lucky to have a lot of listeners and people mm-hmm. throughout the world. If you like something we do, please tell us. Um, or if you dislike something we do, if you're like, oh, no, not music news, just uh, <laughs> tell us. You know, we we want to make the show better for you. You can um, you can leave a message on our Facebook page. You can go to our Instagram, or you could even go to our Twitter and just uh, just put a message there and say, say, hey, I enjoyed the episode, or I 
I didn't like that one. That was not good. <laughs> or a smoke screen, <laughs> a pigeon, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it, 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 how, however it works, whatever your chosen communication medium is. We, you, you could you could even send us a letter in the post, but I'm not going to give you my address on here. <laughs> no, that's probably not a good idea. But if for some reason you come across it, fine, send it to us. Um, no, I'd say Twitter would probably be your best bet, though. Yeah, I'm all about the Twitter. I, I I rarely do the Facebook, to be honest. I mean, outside of the account that we have for the podcast, I only look at Facebook if there is like a little number on it. If there's a little number on it, I'll click in it to see what's happening there. But but sitting there idly scrolling through Facebook is not something I do. See, I don't really sit through idly scrolling through Facebook either. But you know what I've noticed I've started using Facebook for, Tim? Mm-hmm. I just use it to message people now. Yeah, I mean, the messaging tool is actually pretty helpful because most people, you know, are on there and it's very easy Mm -hmm. to connect with them, especially people who live overseas, because it used to be that if you try to text message someone abroad, it may work, it may not work, or you had a prepaid phone and they didn't have a prepaid phone and it didn't work. And then, you know, do you have to put a plus on it? And it's it was a it was a whole deal. And like Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, all that stuff, it just took all of that nonsense completely out. Yeah, that seems to be what I do. I have some group chats like with my twin sister or my older sister. Then I have a group chat with my friends. But that seems to be the bulk of what I actually use Facebook for is to message people. Yeah, but I'm I'm all about the Twitter. I love Twitter. I seem to have found a really good community of people on Twitter. And I think almost exclusively, actually maybe there's a couple, but almost exclusively I've never met any of these people. Yet I correspond with them almost every day. I have the whole thing where we post an album every day and we comment on it. And I don't know, it's, it's a really nice thing. And I think it's the, the, what people say is that like Twitter people makes you really love people you've never met. <laughs> Yeah. Facebook makes you hate people you know in real life. Don't ever look at the comment section. All right, Tim, on to the topics you were going to tell us. Okay, so as I said, we're, we're into 90s pop hits, and I'm just going to go from 1990 through 1999 just as a setup to some world events that happened during that time. So in 1990, we have Nelson Mandela's release from prison. Tim Berners-Lee publishes the formal proposal for the World Wide Web. Look at that. That was the very birth of the internet as we know it. Hmm. Um, East and West Germany were reunited after the collapse of the Soviet Union. And Margaret Thatcher resigns from her position as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. You missed the best fact, Tim. That was the year I was born. (laughs) And Joy Morrison was born... And so was the No Name Music Cast by default. <laughs> and my twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your tw- obviously your twin. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Okay, in 1991, um, obviously we lost Freddie Mercury. And Boris Yeltsin becomes Russia's first elected president. Hmm. Okay, 1992, the European Union was created. Um, Bill Clinton was elected as United States president. And the Mall of America opens in Minnesota. Very important stuff. Have you ever been to the Mall of America, Tim? No, I haven't. Have you ever been there? No, but I always want to go. It has like the, doesn't it have like a um, theme park inside of it or something? Yeah, or like a giant Lego ro- land? Yeah, and it has a roller coaster. I've been to the fashion show mall in uh, Vegas, hmm. which isn't quite as big as Mall of America, but it's it's something like it's two thirds of the size of Mall of America or something. It is obscenely huge. 
so I can only imagine how big Mall of America is. I feel like it's one of those things in theory. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then I get there and I'm like about a quarter of the way through it. I'm like, all right, we're done here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's the next fact? Okay. 1993, the Hubble Space Teleco- Telescope, can't even say it, is repaired in space by the uh, Space Shuttle crew. Hmm. And Intel introduces the Pentium microprocessor. Well, my generation definitely did a lot to, you know, get the internet out and moving, apparently. Absolutely. That's what was all happening. <laughs> <laughs> In 1994, Nelson Mandela becomes a president of South Africa and the Channel Tunnel is completed and opens and it connects France and England. And Tim gets stuck in it how many years later? <laughs> well, it must have been... It was about five or six years after it opened, I suppose, maybe a little bit less than that, getting stuck in it for four hours or five hours. <laughs> he still has PTSD when the word comes on. You see his eye twitch. <laughs> okay, 1995, eBay is founded. Well, I mean, and that's, do, that's do a valid you know, piece. Actually, fun fact, do you know what the first item ever sold on eBay was? I feel like I've heard it, but I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. It is a broken laser pointer. Maybe you said that once before. Somebody said that to me, but I wouldn't have known it if we were on Jeopardy right now. That's up in my head. <laughs> and apparently the um, the person who sold it messaged the seller and said, hey, thank you for buying my item. Why did you want to buy a broken laser pointer? And he says, I collect broken laser pointers. I mean, that's a valid reason <laughs> to buy it, Tim. <laughs> there are weirder things, I guess. <laughs> But there you go. Okay, so nine, <laughs> me and Timberson, you're imagining somebody with seventy thousand broken laser pointers. <laughs> it takes all sorts in this world, Joy. One person's obsessive CD collection is another man's broken laser pointer collection. I don't know. I mean, you have, you have fifty thousand Funkos in your house, so I, mean, I do. I do. It's true. It's my husband's. What does he say? Um, he says it's virtual savings account. All right, move it along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 1996. The internet search engine Ask Jeeves is created. Did you ever use Ask Jeeves? I did. It was the first one I used. And you had like the little bubbler there. And I think then it became yeah. just Ask after a while. It did. Uh, does it still exist? Like, can you go? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I'm just going to see if I go to like ask it's not the ask same Jeeves. as you said i'm going to give it a jeeves it, it hasn't got the same uh, same ring what's your question ask.com it still exists tim there we are so you probably used as much as yahoo and aol is at this point but there we are well you know they could do it but it is just ask now with a little red thing there, there we go all right so another thing in 1996 is bill clinton is elected for a second term as the u.s president Yep. Okay. I 19, yeah. 1997, um, the first Harry Potter book is published. Which is very important to my everyday life. So I appreciate that being on here. There we are. <laughs> and scientists uh, uh, unveil the Dolly, the successfully first cloned sheep. Yeah. Which is weird to me that it was that long ago and it doesn't feel like we've done much with that science. And do, and do you know why it's why she was called Dolly? Mm-mm. I don't she was think called, so. The, the sheep was called Dolly because it was cloned using breast tissue. Of course. Because <laughs> it's a bunch of men who did that. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 1998. 
the, we're getting more into a modern times here. The search engine Google is founded. Yep. And wasn't there like something about like, was it originally called Google or didn't have a different name? No, I think it was called Google from the outset. I've seen mm. pictures of the original uh, server cluster of Google, and it was a bunch of like desktop hard drives on a piece of cardboard in like yeah. a filing cabinet. I know exactly what you're talking about, that photo. Yeah, I've seen that. And the other thing that happened in 1998 is Apple reveals the iMac computer. Which was a big seller because, you know, everybody loved giant. It's so interesting to me how the world has changed as far as design comes to IT, Tim. Mm -hmm. You know, like the big color MacBooks with the giant screens that were yellow and orange and red yeah, and all the craziness. Yeah, yeah. And now we're like the complete opposite. Everything needs to be sleek and silver and black and gray. Well, that's true. The other thing you have to consider is that the technology problem did, probably didn't exist. The, you could get flat panel monitors in the late 90s, but they were so expensive. expensive. You know, they, yeah, it's not something someone would have in their home. It's something a scientist would have, and well, it would I'm, be tiny. I'm more thinking about like the color scheme. It's just interesting oh, to me yeah, the way yeah, design yeah, yeah. has changed so significantly. Yeah, but mind you, the new Macs, which are super thin and sleek, I think you can actually get those in different colors. Huh. I'm not a Mac user, so I wouldn't. I don't know off the top of my head, but maybe. Yeah, I, I, I look into them periodically just so I know what's available. But my uh, my budget doesn't doesn't run to buying uh, <laughs> Apple MacBook products and Apple iMacs and all that stuff. So, did you see? Speaking of Apple, we we're going to do a little bit of news for the day. Did you see that their VP had to step down today? No, I didn't see that. I will not get in the details. You guys can give it a goog. I'll tell Tim about it off the air. But he was in this TikTok video where this guy asked people in fancy cars, what do you do for a living? You know, like, it's just like he interviews people on the street and he gets celebrities and different things. Well, let's just say he said a comment that wasn't exactly and it wasn't like racist or anything crazy, but it wasn't what Apple aligned with. And he mysteriously it went viral because people were upset about it. he mysteriously stepped down today. Hmm. Well, yeah. that was that was that was a very silly thing for that person to do by the sounds of it. Yeah. And if you hear it, Tib, you'll understand. But anyway, uh, I just was just like, hmm, kind of interesting that he just happened to step down the two days after that TikTok went viral. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a sheer coincidence. Yeah, of course, Apple is separating themselves from it, not saying anything more. But anyway. All right, but moving the, along. Then, moving <laughs> along. And then we just look at 1999, which is, of course, the last year of the 90s. Uh, Bill Clinton faces impeachment proceedings in 1999. Yep. The file sharing service Napster is created. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is that, Tim? Never heard of it. That, that, that signaled the collapse of the music industry as we know it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and 11 countries begin using the euro as their currency. Really? I, I don't know. I don't know that I ever... I remember when that happened and mm -hmm. i remember when i went to europe and i was like we always thought you know it's cool because like if you're going from france to you know a different country you can just keep the same money and not have to transfer but i don't know that i had any concept of what time that did so you just told yeah. me something yeah and in, it said i mean obviously my research says 99 i remember going in the close mid 90s i suppose to germany mm -hmm. and having Deutschmarks. and then when at that time when i um, got stuck in the channel tunnel i think I had French francs, not euros, on hmm. that trip. I mean, I would say when I was in Greece, I got some actual Greek coins because it's fun and it's, you know, memorabilia. Gave mm -hmm. it to my dad. But I guess for as far as, like, exchanging your money goes, it's nice. 
don't have to really sure, shake. but I mean, now when you travel, I mean, you you probably wouldn't even bother with cash. I uh-huh. mean, like the last lot of trips I did to this country before I moved here, I'd put everything on credit cards. And then yeah. if you wanted cash, you go to an ATM and pour, pull 20 out if you want to have cash in your pocket. But actually the, the thought of going into the airport and going to the Bureau de Change... And changing your money. I mean, I think that's a, something from a from an earlier time. Yeah, me and my mom both did that to avoid exchange rates in 2019. Or was it 2019, 2018, whatever year it was. We were both like, um, we're not doing this. Mom did get a little bit of cash out. And the only reason she did was at the airport she went to the ATM was because the taxi that took us from the airport to our hotel wasn't like a pre-planned taxi. So I couldn't just use an app on my phone. So we had to pay him cash. But it was nice because they had set rates. Anytime mm-hmm. anybody brings you from the hosp- from the hospital, <laughs> from the airport, <laughs> I don't know why my brain said that, from the airport to anywhere, I meant to say the hotel, in Greece, they have a set price and they're not allowed to pay and charge you any more than that to avoid scamming. Um, and it's like in all the taxis and like big, you, you know, if they're asking you to pay more than this, you're being scammed, don't do it. And mm-hmm. it's like a big thing because I guess they had a lot of scammers. There you go. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that, that just sort of sets you up. That is the 1990s in a nutshell from my research. So, you know, and, and that's everything that happened. Don't think anything else happened in the 1990s apart from that. I learned how to roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> and Cotton Eye Joe came out, Tim. <laughs> that, that, that was not in my research, but it's breaking news for you from, from the 90s. Weirdly enough, even though I'm the most clumsy human being in the world, I was somehow good at roller skating. Make it make sense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it just cancels itself out. I don't know how that works. <laughs> As a full grown adult, though, I'm not putting, I'm not strapping wheels on my feet again. <laughs> I told you guys, it seems very weird to me that we think. World, we as humans are just like, huh? I wonder what happened if I slap, slap these rolly things on and try going down a hill at full force. Like, why? Anyway, all right. What's on to the music? Okay, all right. So what I've done is I've I've pulled some uh, '90s pop hits out from the archives. I'm not going to do them in year order. I'm just probably going to sort of jump around yeah. a little bit to which for the ones that I have in my list. So I'm going to open this up with a song from 1999. And this is Destiny's Child and Say My Name. Oh, so have you ever seen the music video to Say My Name? No, I listened to the song to researching this episode. And I, I obviously I've, I'd heard that song before, but no, I have not seen the video. So Destiny's Child, this was the Writings on the Wall album. <laughs> of course, the one time I'm going to know that also have my head in the entire thing. But um, and it was 1999, as you said. So obviously, if for those who don't know this, and I don't know who would know this, you know, that's Beyonce's original band. And at that point, I think there was still four members of Destiny's Child instead of three. Did you know about the estranged member, Tim? I think you've mentioned it before. I can't even remember what her name, but there was an estranged member that kind of disappeared off into nowhere's land. But anyway, the Say My Name music video is cool. And it was so interesting because what they do is there's like, it's like flashes of color. So like they're in a yellow outfit, they're in a blue outfit. It's like all four girls. And it's like in different rooms. So like they'll be in an orange room with like a black background and they're all wearing orange. And then it just changes and it goes back and forth. And for some reason, that was the height of cool for me 
1999, maybe because I was nine. <laughs> Just, I don't know. But for so, I that video is the one of their videos that always sticks out in my head. And I remember because like we would like zoom in and then they pose like you'd have like Beyonce pointing at you, one of the girls laying on the couch, and then they'd be in a different color. And it just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And like, you know, she's like, say my name, say my name when no one is around you. And so she's like on the phone, you know, trying to get him to say her name to see if there's somebody there with her. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's what I think of when I think of that. I just remember the music video. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe the, um, I need to watch that just to get myself up to speed with this. <laughs> you know, breaking news right here. <laughs> breaking news from, yeah, that's 23 years old. <laughs> Gosh, that makes me feel older and older every time you say it. <laughs> yeah, at, least, at least you're not 48 in. <laughs> Tim, next like, how week. do you think it makes me feel? <laughs> hmm. So, moral of the story is they wore a bunch of different color clothes, and me and Tim are old. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> That's all we got. I do. I love be, um, Destiny's Child, though. They were a favorite, but I still I need to go back and research what happened to the fourth member. Back in the day, I would have been able to tell you, but she like she just like disappears. She just vanishes. <laughs> She was the Stuart Sutcliffe or the Pete Best of Destiny's Child. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's popular. I don't know whatever happened to her. And if you're listening, whatever your name was, because I don't even know what your name is. I'm sorry. Um, We'd love to have you on the show. You could tell us what happened. (laughs) Give us all the gossip. Oh, yeah, because they were known they were known as girls time before they became Destiny's Child. And it's time with a Y because, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Probably there's probably a dollar sign in there as well or something. <laughs> I mean, they're from Houston. I know that much. Beyonce is from Texas. <laughs> I didn't know that. Look at you, Tim. Now, if you win Jeopardy, I expect at least 20 percent. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's next? Okay, so this is from 1997, and this is our friends Hanson and Mbop. Oh, quality music right here, everybody. Quality music. Have you seen the Hanson brothers as adults? Yes, I have. They did a NPR Tiny Desk concert. They've done two. They did a Christmas one, and then they did a regular one a few years ago. And I was incredibly surprised how good they are for both of those concerts. I think the, the, my favorite one of the two is the holiday one, but certainly the one where they just did their regular songs was really good. Their harmonies are absolutely spot on. So on The Mass Singer, of course, Joy, they were on there. <laughs> And do you know what they were? They were little Russian dolls. And it was trippy because so they were in the big Russian doll outfit. And then the little they started unstacking and nobody knew how many members there were. Mm-hmm. Their voices were amazing. Like like you were saying, the harmonies, the everything was so good. But they crack me up now because when you see them as like full-fledged adults and they got families, you know, and they've mm-hmm. obviously matured from the long-haired kids we remember singing Umbop. Um, they look to me like, I'm going to regret saying this. Don't come for me, Internet. Some reason they remind me of like somebody that should be at like a church, like one of those mega churches, um, like playing in the band. Do you know what I'm talking about, Tim? Mm-hmm. They just have that look about them. And so every time I see them, it makes me laugh. Yeah, I think they are super religious as well. So that wouldn't surprise me if they do actually perform in a large (laughs) church. I don't know what it is. They just have that vibe going for them. But I will say, Tim is right. If you've never heard them outside of Umbop, their voices are amazing. 
yeah I, I said check go onto youtube and pull up the npr tiny desk concerts that they did and or you look at them as russian dolls <laughs> yeah either, either either of those will apply <laughs> <laughs> but it was i mean it was a good way for them to kind of mask who they were because nobody knew exactly how many dolls there were do you know what i mean tim mm-hmm. so it was smart smart on their behalf Okay. All right. So let's move on to the next song. This is from 1991. And this is Boys to Men, End of the Road. Oh, okay. Another good song, Tim. You're killing it with this playlist. I feel like we need to make a Spotify playlist. I mean, is there really anything you can say about Boys to Men that hasn't already been said? Their voices are phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. just some of the best voices. But the End of the Road song, for me, personally, is one of those ones that has become a little bit cliche because it was, like, at every high school dance and mm-hmm. every person wanted to give it to their 14 significant other. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's just, it's one of those cliches. But, I mean, I think their voices are beautiful. And, like you said, harmonies. They were probably, I would say, some of the best boy bands. I don't even know if I like to say they're a boy band, but they were as far as quality yeah. sound is. Yeah, I'd probably more say a vocal group than a boy band because yeah. a boy band suggests, as we've said before, five attractive people standing <laughs> in a line doing uh, synchronized dance moves. Boy, girl, boy band, girl band, person band, whatever. That's what it entails. And boys to men, I, as I said, I see them more as a vocal harmony group than that. I kind of always associate them as like halfway between the Backstreet Boys and like the Temptations. Yeah, I think you're probably right because, you know, they, they were young, attractive people, mm-hmm. but they probably align more with, like you say, something like the Temptations. Well, and the quality of the music and the way they like move, like, um, you know, and they did like Motown Philly and they've done some Motown music. I had an album that was full of Motown music by them that was really good. Um, so that's maybe why I get that phone. But yeah, I mean, and now I'm going to be singing in my head, end of the road. Sure, I can let go. Anyway, that's going to be in the end of my head for the next six weeks. It's one of the, it's a really long song, though, Tim. Did you listen to it? Mm-hmm. It's got to be like, do you know how long it is? I'd be curious to know because it seems like a re- like, I feel like it goes on forever. And, you know, is that was probably around the era where it was very common you would get a 12-inch mix, <laughs> extended version. Yeah, that's possible, too. There's some type of, like... But, yeah, I feel like maybe it was just because I didn't have any 14-year-old boyfriends. <laughs> My boyfriend went to the other school, so I couldn't dedicate it. So maybe it just seemed long while I'm sitting there watching everybody dance. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've got some um, my own thoughts and feelings about that. But they also looked really cool in their music videos, too. Sure. In fact, I think I have seen the video to this. But again, when I pulled this list together for this episode, I didn't watch the videos. I listened to the songs. Fair enough. All right. What's our next song? Okay, so this one is from 1998. And this is Jennifer Page and Crush. Oh, that one is one that. I either had it on like a CD or I used it as like a ringtone or something in the past. And I loved it at first, but then it was when you had like, you know, like your, um, your, what are the alarm clock? I would put mm-hmm. the CD in and I'd leave it in. And so then that would be the first song that would come on yeah, <laughs> every you, you morning. So that. I started to hate it. <laughs> It's true. 
true. And that song is one of those, or like what the one you left in your car, and it always started at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, I have a particular memory with Jennifer Page and Crush. 1998 was the year I went to Perth, Western Australia, mm-hmm. and me and my uncle rented a some kind of car. It's a Hyundai Accent or something. I can't remember. XL or something. It was just a small compact car. And we didn't have any CDs or didn't have any tapes with us, so we just put whatever the pop radio station was on while we were driving around yeah and jennifer page's crush was one of those songs that as all fm radio stations do play the same 10 songs every hour yeah and i heard that song probably a thousand times in the two and a half weeks i was there and it i mean it's one of those ones though like if i hear the word crush my um brain goes not like i say every time we touch like i hear it all the Mm -hmm. time and that little crush in the background and i feel like it's probably been used in car commercials tv shows a lot to kind of give that poppy someone's got a crush on you vibe Mm -hmm. but yeah jennifer page i forgot her name until you said it was she a one hit wonder I, I think she has had other hits, mm. but certainly crushes the song that everyone knows her for. And as I said, it's one of those time capsule songs because it just takes me back to 1998. I, just, I know the song, and as soon as you said it, like I knew what crush you're talking about from that time frame. But I have to be honest, I don't think I would have known her name off the top of my head. Well, there we are. Well, I'm glad I was able to fill in the blanks for you, Joy, with this uh, memory <laughs> flashback. And now if I win Jeopardy, Tim's going to expect 20%. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Darn. All right. Well, let, let me move on to the, to the next one. So this is from 1991, and this is Amy Grant and Baby Baby. Okay. I watched a whole documentary on Amy Grant recently because – she was a religious singer. Did you know that, Tim? Yes, I did. And, you know, I only found that out way after the fact. I really like this song, Baby Baby. Me and too. she looks she looks absolutely fantastic in the video. I'm very familiar with the video. <laughs> and because I've seen it, I've seen it. It was it was on all the time when it was out. We had MTV at the time, and you know, it was on a it yeah. was, And I only found out five years ago that she was originally a Christian artist and then she broke through into mm-hmm. non-religious music and then a lot of the people who were into her Christian religious music disowned her because of that. Yeah, so I was watching, I want to say it's HBO. There's mm-hmm. Just Google it, everybody, give it a Goog. There's a documentary that came out and it was the history, it was like a history of Christian music mm-hmm. and I, I'm not into Christian music that much, but it was interesting to see and it was talking about, you know, back in the 70s, there was a big kind of like James Taylor kind of Christian vibe going on and mm-hmm. then Amy Grant came out and she has that wonderful voice, you know, she did songs with Vince Gill and all kinds of stuff, Michael Smith. Um, and they're talking about, you know, she was a Christian singer. And I was like, wait a second. So she's referred to as the queen of Christian pop. I was like, is that the song? And then, you know, I hear baby, baby. I'm like, oh my God, it is her. And mm-hmm. I had no clue that she was a big Christian singer. That's not really to, you know, I don't really care that she was. It was just a surprise to me. I had no idea. Yeah. It, it was not a name I was aware of prior to that. And in addition, I didn't I didn't know of her previous career. I mean, there are there are some Christian artists, especially like in rock, mm-hmm. like Striper, for example, are an incredibly famous Christian rock band who have sort of broken through to people who are not into religious music. However, they they play sort of eighties hair metal rock, I suppose, but it is it is Christian music. 
but they've as i said they're still popular in the in the wider rock community so but, oh sorry go ahead tip i thought yeah, you were I was gonna, gonna say but uh, but i mean her i didn't know that yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. You just brought up a memory, though, that I wanted to talk yeah. about. So do you remember, like, when Creed and P.O.D. and all those were out, and they were kind of claiming to be Christian, and they went back and forth and stuff? You never really, really knew where they were. Mm-hmm. So during that time period, which probably would have been late 90s, um, there is a theme park near us that's called Carowinds that me and Tim probably know about. It's in South Carolina. It's a few hours mm-hmm. away. Major theme park. Everybody who grew up in our area took school events, churches. It's just that place that you go. Well, my church went to Carowinds one weekend. Carowinds has a giant arena that they do music in. Well, my church leaders found out that there was going to be a Christian <laughs> band. <laughs> Do you know what it was, Tim? It was P.O.D. So, of course, I was so happy. (laughs) You know, we are, we are. I'm getting it. But um, the uh, elder members of my church were taken back (laughs) when P.O.D. was the band that was. And so, like, the younger group was like, yeah, this is great. But then uh, you're looking around and you're just seeing, um, you know, some of the older members, like, deer in the headlights, like, what? this <laughs> and i just remember that to this day it cracks me up because i i they didn't do their research on the band <laughs> so it's just a very funny memory and actually that was one of the very first concerts i ever went to <laughs> but there we are that, that, that also reminds me of like when i went to lampton school in hounslow for you bingo card uh, followers out there um, there was a day where some of the school went to thorpe park Thought Park being a theme park in Chertsey, which is not far from Hounslow. And I think I'd have recently been to Thought Park or didn't want to go to Thought Park. But anyway, so they put on stuff in the school on this day if you didn't go to Thought Park. And one of the teachers decided it would be a great idea to watch Beverly Hills Cop 2. Now, Beverly oh. Hills Cop 2 isn't quite explicit, I suppose, mm-hmm. as Beverly Hills Cop 1, but it was rated a 15. Because like in the UK, it used to be you got PG or U, which is like cartoons, PG, which is like good for anyone. And yeah. then you have a 12, 15, and 18. And depending on the content, it is, is what's on the, uh, the rating. I like so how in America, it, we just met in the middle and we were 13. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway. I, think, I think Beverly Hills Cop 2 was a 15, and everybody there was 15 years and over. So okay. it was fun. So we put this, so they put Beverly Hills Cop 2 on, and it was a little sweary, I suppose, but it was all right and then then there's like lots of scenes with like young women dancing about in bikinis and you could see the teachers like going, oh goodness me what do we do here well wasn't the um premise about like somebody selling illegal guns or something yeah i mean obviously i mean it's perfectly <laughs> suitable for children and you know in the uk if, if the teachers are covering their eyes good lord in america they would have burned the school down oh goodness me it would even have been on the would have been on wdbj7 <laughs> somebody would have got fired that day exactly <laughs> well there you go both me and tim's experiences but yeah the pod one tim sticks out with me because i I still laugh because I can visually see the members of the um, like the pastor and like the worship leader and everybody going, where are we? (laughs) 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 Anyway. All right, guys, I started coughing because I was laughing so hard. What's our next song? Okay, the next one comes from 1992. 
And this is Right Said Fred, and I'm Too Sexy. Okay. I mean, so I love Right Said Fred. I mean, I'm Too Sexy, though. I don't know what I could say about it that hasn't already been said, Tim. It's a great song. (laughs) Well, did you know that the name Right Said Fred is the name of a song by Bernard Cribbins? I did not. Bernard Cribbins was an actor who acted in probably some... 60s films maybe 70s films that you would have Mm. probably seen he was like a british icon um appeared in many tv programs children's tv programs all kinds of stuff he's like one of those people that was always seems to be involved with broadcasting i think we lost bernard cribbins earlier on this year i believe it was but he (laughs) had a song like a quirky 60s song called right said fred have another cup of tea and i said right and it was like a it's about moving house basically yeah Oh. And, he's, and he's working with Fred and says, right, says Fred. And that's where the name comes from. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. I knew they were brothers, the two guys. They're both bald now. <laughs> I, saw them. I think they were bald at birth. I think that's their look. Oh, okay. Maybe it was. Were they, oh, yeah. I guess in the I'm Too Sexy video, they were bald, too. I never really thought about it. Exactly. I will say that song, that's why I said there's not much more I can say that hasn't already been said. I don't know anybody who doesn't know. You do a little turn on the catwalk on the catwalk. Exactly. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's iconic. They probably made so much money off that song because it's been used in everything. Exactly. And do you know the funny thing about Right Said Fred? So during the the uh, COVIDs, they mm-hmm. were staunch anti-vaxxers. Now I'm not going to get into that topic. You know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you believe is your business. I'm, I'm not going there. Yeah. But. People were arguing with them on Twitter about them being anti-vaxxers and they were getting into real heated arguments with Right Said Fred. And then someone would come in and say, do you realize you're discussing epidemiology with Right Said Fred? You really need to shut that down. (laughs) I mean, it is a valid point on both sides. (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine like we were we were such a bored country at that point tim that it got to the point where we're arguing with right said fred if we should get a vaccine or not. okay instead of just talking to our doctor like, i'm just saying oh lord oh, i mean I, I actually know nothing about them as people. I assume they're from the UK. I, they I, are indeed, yeah. Uh, that's just an assumption based off of the way they look and act. But other than that, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they, they, they look British, so therefore they must be. You laughed him, but you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, don't pretend like when we don't, when you Americans go to the UK, you guys don't recognize Americans from a mile away. <laughs> There's just a different demeanor. Well, you know, I've, I've, I think I've worked this out. So mm. when Americans come to the UK, the stereotype is that the Americans, one, are loud, and secondly, are very demanding about stuff and come mm. across as rude, especially in shops and restaurants. That okay. is the stereotype. But I think I've figured this out because the US is a service culture. So, like, mm-hmm. if you go to a restaurant, you go to a shop, like any shop you walk into here, it doesn't matter. You walk in the door, someone on the till has been trying to say, hey, good morning, welcome to whatever. If you need anything, let me know. we got two for one on sandals. Mm-hmm. And, like, any shop you go into will do that. And then, likewise, restaurants, because of the tipping culture, typically any restaurant you go into, the whoever serves you tries to give you the best possible service and will come back and refill your drinks and all that kind of stuff. The UK does not have that same service yep. code. 
Like you go into a shop and there's normally a bored teenager in there who doesn't even want to talk to you. You go into a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, you go to a restaurant and you do tips and things, but it's not the same quality level of service. So if you live in England, you're used to that and it's just how it is. But like if you come from a, a, a super service culture and then you come to the UK and you're sitting in a restaurant and someone's not filling your drink up or like bending over to ask you whether you want dessert or bringing you the check in timely fashion. Mm hmm. Of course, you're going to get frustrated with that because you just think, "What's what's happening with this place?" I think it's. I think you're right because I know from my experience and what I've been to the UK the few times I've been, you have to call the waiter over. They don't come to your table automatically, and usually sure. they're smaller businesses. They can see you, but they they're waiting for you to make that initial like, "Hey, can I I'm ready to order?" Or, "Hey," because usually the menu's already there. You know what I mean? Or maybe they mm -hmm. hand you the menu and they walk off. They give you the time, and I, I, it is a very distinct difference. Um, and culture, I think Ted's right. Um, I, I don't know. I do think that there's some physical manner mannerisms are different too, from my perspective. Like the way we kind of like hold ourselves and different things like that probably contribute as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, <laughs> apparently, I think the right said Fred looks British. <laughs> <laughs> It's just an assumption, everybody. Maybe it's the bald heads. I don't know. No, there it is. It's, it's, don't it's, it's come from the head. internet. Yeah, because there's no there's no one with a bald head in the United States. Obviously, absolutely not, Tim. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that I've said way too much, what's next? Okay, this one. This so this, this brings back to music. You know, I think this is a music podcast. Maybe. Uh, 1990. This is CNC Music Factory, and everybody dance now. Okay, so I mean, this is another one that I don't know anybody who's never heard it. Um, now, CNC Music Factory almost feel like a band that was commercially put together to me for some reason. And I've I never confirmed that theory. I think you're 100% correct. And I don't think CNC Music Factory had a long music career after <laughs> no. Everybody Dance Now. Yeah, it feels like they found like a couple of pretty people who kind of wanted to be in the music. You know what I mean? And then they come up with this kind of electronic techno. Every, you know what I mean? And that yeah, was yeah. kind of a thing for a little while in the early 90s. Well, it's that rich tradition that we've spoken about that started with Boney M. Well, it didn't start with Boney M, mm -hmm. but I mean, Boney M being an example of that. Yeah, and I mean, they had that, you know, gonna make you sweat song too. So it's all mm -hmm. about like pumping iron and they're super muscly. And I don't know anything about the people. I couldn't tell you what their names are. I assume they start with a C. Wouldn't <laughs> 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 know. But um, I do know one of them passed away. So that could contribute to why they didn't go very much further. Now, I think I, ha I would have to look at it, but they're one of those ones that Martha Walsh, the lady from. Um, is she the one from uh, the Sing Raining Men? Is that her name? Oh, the um, the Weather Girls. Yeah, um, yeah, she's from the Weather Girls. She's the one singing that everybody in the background. She's the female voice, and they never credited her. Oh wow! They put a I hate to say this a skinnier, better looking woman in the video, and then she was the actual vocals on the track. Oh wow! I, I didn't know that. I mean, It's Raining Men is an iconic track. Yeah. And it's written by Paul Schaefer, who was David Letterman's band leader. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I just, I just stopped for a second because I'd never heard that. You didn't hmm. you know that? Yeah, it's written by Paul Schaefer. Never heard that. 
So when he's saying about it's raining men and we're going to get absolutely soaking wet, and God, God, God bless Mother Nature, she's a woman, single woman too. That's, That's written funny. by him, a small Jewish man who, who plays piano. Well, he knew quality music. I mean, her voice, both the Weather Girls had wonderful voices. So, I mean, I could see what they would do it. But, yeah, she sings the, and the everybody dance now, I'm going to make you sweat song. Well, there we go. Well, well, we've all learned something this evening. We've come away feeling enriched. <laughs> this is an episode of just new things of me and Tim. The next, <laughs> the next um, no name music cast um, bingo card better have something that says, "All right, moving along now." What's the next <laughs> song? And then also, um, <laughs> did you know what? Well, that's already on the current one. <laughs> well, says I mean version three. When you're ready for version three. There's some, there's some some things for you. <laughs> I'm giving you some ideas because I feel like me and Tim always get distracted. And we're both either Tim's like, all right, moving along. Or I'm like, what's the next one? <laughs> and with that, what's the next one, Tim? No, <laughs> oh, okay. So this one comes from 1992. And this started a trend of wearing your trousers backwards. I'm just saying. And luckily that trend didn't last because it looks ridiculous. And the practical (laughs) aspects of trying to put your trousers on back to front. But this is Jump from Chris Cross. So my older sister tried to wear her clothes backwards because of them. That was a thing that happened when she was in high school. Because, see, my older sister is seven years older than me and my twin. So she mm-hmm. was kind of in, you know, middle school age when this song came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I And so she she did. She, she did that trend. I can't imagine how much work it would be to actually wear my pants backwards all day. It seems yeah, like it would be a lot of work. It's a lot of work to put them on. And you probably need assistance to get them on. But like if you're wearing a pair of like jeans and you need to use the lavatory, mm-hmm. either as a man or a woman, it's a nightmare. <laughs> How do you get those things back on? I have no clue. But <laughs> I always think of in the song, there's one of their songs that it might be, I think it's the one you're talking about. He says on the Mac Daddy. <laughs> And it cracks me up because he was like a small child. <laughs> they were like 14 years old. And as a full grown adult, when I think of it now, I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, they were. OK, they were like 13. I'm pretty sure they're about 13 years old. And he's like, I'm a Mac Daddy. And I'm like, really? And then the other one goes by. It's like Chris Mac Daddy. And the other one's um, Chris Daddy Mac. <laughs> <laughs> reverse the names because it's a crisscross. <laughs> Have you never heard that, Tim? No, I, I I know the song. I've heard the song. I heard the song research in this episode again. But no, me, me, I, the the inner workings of the crisscross organization is not something I've looked into. <laughs> Just, I don't know why, but and he says in the on the bickety 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 back. <laughs> that's in the song <laughs> and, but I just thought it was funny because they're both named Chris that's why it's a Chris Cross but yeah one of them was Chris Mac Daddy and the other one was Chris Daddy Mac there you go amazing <laughs> I can't believe you lived your entire life without knowing that <laughs> this episode's taking a turn Exactly. Well, let's move move on to another song, hey, Joy. So this is from 1996. 
And this is a song by OMC, and it's called How Bizarre. Bizarre. This is an all-time favorite of mine, but I always wonder what happened to OMC, because this was they were definitely one-hit wonders. Oh, th- this is one-hit wonder 100%. I mean, I don't know anything about them or what happened to them, but I've never heard of another OMC song. So there's recently been on Hulu Plus a commercial that uses the How Bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't remember exactly what it's from. I think it's a, um, a State Farm episode or a State Farm commercial. Because, you know, in the movie, in the video, he's like in the car and he's like bumping. He's got the suit on. It's like, how bizarre as he's driving down the road. Well, in the commercial, I don't remember anything about what the commercial was about. But it kept coming on on Hulu. And I started to get kind of annoyed <laughs> because that song was in my brain because I was watching like I was, you know, binge watching something or something on Hulu that I was trying to watch very closely and mm-hmm. it would never leave my brain. And it is a catchy song. It's got, you know, it's very popish. It's very right on brand for the 90s pop. Um, and I want to say that they were like from New Zealand or something, the band, but I don't know that for sure. I'm, I'm not sure. What do you mean? If, if, they, if they were from Australia, I apologize, but I don't know. <laughs> don't come for us, Internet. We're guessing. <laughs> but yeah, they definitely were what I define as a one-hit wonder of the '90s. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he's correct, but. Whatever became of them, nobody will ever know. No. So if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> whoever the guys are in OMC, please join us next week and tell us what happened. Maybe they made enough money off the one song. They're like, yeah, we don't need to do it anymore. Maybe. Maybe they're living their best life. Who can say? I mean, I wouldn't judge them. Or it could be if they are from, like, New Zealand. Maybe they're super popular in New Zealand. I don't know. They could be. I don't know. Do you know, actually, Joy, let's just, let's just put this to bed right now. <laughs> OMC band. <laughs> you were right. They were from New Zealand. Well, OMC no, or the Otara Millionaires Club. Good Lord. I would have New, never known that. New Zealand music group, then duo. Huh. Blah, blah, blah. They're from Auckland, New Zealand. They had a few other singles. I think I can credit my pop-up music video on VH1 for that knowledge. <laughs> and then sadly, both of the chaps, they were a duo. Both of them died. One died in 2005 oh. and one died in 2010. Oh, well, that's too bad. Well, we enjoyed your music. Rock in peace, gentlemen. Rock in peace. But yeah, I think that I only knew that because of my mom's obsession with pop-up music video on VH1 back in the day. <laughs> there we go. There we are. The one day, if I win the lottery, I can thank pop-up music. <laughs> win the lottery. <laughs> if I win Jeopardy, I'll thank pop-up music video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the education that you got watching pop-up music video. <laughs> hey, it's paying off, Mom. She predicted I was going to do this podcast as a child. <laughs> 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 anyway. even, though pod, even though podcasts hadn't even been invented then she just knew tim i was gonna need this information honestly both my parents are just music buffs like we are and they're into that kind of thing so vh1 stayed on my house a lot when i was a child fabulous mm. <laughs> anyway <laughs> moving right, along so, now yeah moving on let's do let's do i think let's do three more i think i was looking at the okay. time let's do three more all right so Sounds good. this is from 1994 and this is from Seal, and it's a kiss from a rose. 
So I have talked many times that Charlie loves dramatic music. Guess what? Seal Kiss from a Rose is one of his favorites. That's <laughs> 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 his dramatic music thing. Um, I mean, that's another song that's probably been used in what forty thousand movies. Yeah, I think it was originally from a Batman film. It. Oh, you're probably right. It probably was used for a movie because I think the music video had some pieces from the movie in it or something. Yeah, yeah, they, they, the cross promotion in the music video is very, very important. But sometimes Charlie gets this song, and what's that one? I believe I can fly mixed up in his head. <laughs> <laughs> they become like one song. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he like because you know I believe I can fly was the one they did for um, Space Jam. Mm-hmm. And then he loves, you know, I don't want to miss a thing from Aerosmith, you know, Armageddon. But this one, um, Kiss from a Rose and I Believe I Can Fly have become like one song in Charlie's head. Like I'll hear him start singing Kiss from a Rose and then the it'll slowly start changing and the rhythm will change. <laughs> and it'll become I Believe I Can Fly. So if someone has never made a mashup of those two, um, I think you should. It probably would work. <laughs> Well, I'm free this weekend. If I can beat match him, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Put it out on the YouTubes. <laughs> exactly. And I do have a seal claim to fame-ish. Oh, okay. So I was at Heathrow, which was not far from where I used to live. And I can't, I can't remember why I was at Heathrow, picking hmm. someone up. Or I wasn't going anywhere, but I was picking someone up. Or it's completely irrelevant. Just hanging out. Hanging out. <laughs> And who did I see from across the way? It was Seal. Now, I'm assuming it's Seal, but there was a gentleman who was almost seven feet tall with long dreadlocks and a black leather jacket, the longest, largest black leather jacket (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. So I'm assuming that was Seal because it looked exactly like Seal. I mean, to be fair, that's a a good assumption. And he's from the UK. So it would make sense that he was there. Yeah, so so me me and Mr. Seal, we shared the same space briefly. I feel a kinship to him. So you're basically BFFs. Well, I mean, at this point, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, Obviously. And I think it's the video for Crazy. Yeah. He plays a aluminium, very futuristic-looking guitar. It's mm-hmm. made by a company called Gus Guitars. Actually, it was a bass in the video he was playing. Hmm. But it's a company called the Gus Guitar Company. And I don't know what ever happened to them. They were like a small maker based in the UK. Anyhow, I was at a party once and I met the guy Gus from Gus Guitars. And he was telling me, I think he'd just, I think he'd placed one of his instruments in another video. And he was telling me about crazy and things like that. So there we are. Another claim to fame. Well, I mean, Tim, just like you guys should just start hanging out all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and he's gonna call you next week right <laughs> he's got you on speed dial <laughs> so i feel like half this podcast is tim is now a member of ab <laughs> absolutely effectively in tim's words he's best friends with c <laughs> <laughs> gosh tim i did not know before we started this podcast what was working with royalty <laughs> oh well you know I, I do what i can you know <laughs> he stays humble keeps <laughs> to his roots Christiansburg, Virginia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we got what? One more song? Let's do two more. So okay. uh, let's do this one from 1993. This is Hadaway and What is Love? Um. So that one was used. What movie was it? Wasn't that one used in a movie too? It probably was. I mean, I know this song from hearing it in 
I probably clubs and stuff that I was playing in in the late nineties. It was a song that they would play. Not at the Roxbury is what I'm thinking of, Tim. The famous nope. scene where they're moving their head. I've never seen that. If you've never seen them, they did like an SNL bit where they're making fun of them and they're doing the head thing. You've never seen the car and they're wearing the suits. Not no. at all. No, not in the not in the slightest. I'm convinced sometimes Tim's lives under a rock. Everyone. <laughs> <They laughs> well, like you a thousand puns. I don't get a lot of pleasure out of watching films. It's 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 not so. I I see it as a chore. I don't see it as a delight. Yeah, but there was like that famous Jim Carrey SNL bit where they're like doing the seed and they're in the car and like it's been like redone a thousand. Oh well, never mind. Let me, let me tell you about <laughs> let me tell you about Saturday Night Live. I've seen Saturday Night Live the same amount of times that I've seen the set with my own eyes twice. <laughs> Fair. I've done I mean, the NBC. I've done the NBC Rockefeller Center studio tour twice, and they show you the set. And then I've seen SNL twice. Now I don't want to watch any more SNL because it will break my uh, break break my uh, statistic. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I guess that gives you your you know your you've got it on a pedestal in your mind. But there is like a famous scene where they're doing. And then like the dun, 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 and they're doing the head bop to it, and then SNL parodied it, and then it's been parodied. I think about a thousand times now, at least. So probably, wherever probably, Hathaway is, <laughs> but, I, but I live in my little world, and so I'm very happy in there. <laughs> I have no clue anything about the band Hathaway besides that song. I'm just going to tell you the truth. No, I know nothing about them either. It's a great song though. I mean, they they made money from it, so they're probably happy. <laughs> it's really all it is. Money makes the world go round, as we said. How many bands have said they were never going to get back together to the dollar side start chinging? Oh, and as I've said to you before, I've been in bands with people who I'd probably rather not see again. But um, I don't know if the money was right. I'd be happy to make friends. You know, I'm a friendly chap, you know. I can make do. It's crazy how that works, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I think you got one more song for us. One more. So we're closing out strong. Incredibly right. strong. This musician is someone who I admire. This is a musician who I enjoy their work. And I have more or less every album of theirs. And this is from 1993, from the first album they released. And this is Cheryl Crow, All I Want to Do. And it's from our album, Tuesday Night Music Club. Another song that I feel like is a one of those radio standards that probably plays a lot. Because mm-hmm. it's such an upbeat, catchy song. Um and then the you know there ain't no disco club like that 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 alone is very like iconic in my or no it's there ain't no disco there ain't no country club right either and she says Um, this is la (laughs) and then you know all i want to do is have a little bit of fun before i die but Mm. everybody out there is like yes we know but what i was getting at is even just that like that little opening is so very Iconic, you know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. perfect. And she's one of those people that writes, sings, and does like all of her own music. So it's pretty cool. I think that I almost find her. Well, I know Tim is a huge fan. I'm not a super fan like Tim, but I do think that she is a really good songwriter. In addition to being a good singer, she's a good oh, singer, I but I almost think she's a great songwriter. Cheryl Crow is the complete package. She's a songwriter, a singer. She plays bass, she plays guitar, she plays keys. She's mm-hmm. a you know, multi, multi-instrumentalist. I don't know. For me, Cheryl, I mean, Cheryl Crow's, I'm not saying Cheryl Crow's Dolly, because I don't know about how, uh, how uh, 
charity work and other things that she does. So I'm sure she probably does great work for people. But certainly as a musician, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than Sheryl Crow. Yeah, and I think that... um yeah, that's what I would say. She's one of those people that I feel, in my mind, is a complete package. And that's what makes her so different. She plays the instruments. She sings. She writes her own songs. And she has an aesthetic about her that works. And she knows what works for her. Mm-hmm. And that is how you become famous. <laughs> exactly. And my claim to fame with... Uh, we will close with my claim to fame <laughs> with Cheryl Crow. So we have a venue close to us in Roanoke, the Elmwood Park Amphitheatre which was a brand new amphitheater that was built not long after I moved here. So it was about 2012, 2013, something like that. They opened it brand new in the park. there. really nice venue. And I've seen concerts there and what have you. Mm-hmm. And she was booked to open it the opening weekend with Cheryl Crow. And I couldn't actually go because I had a gig. It was on a Saturday and I was really disappointed. I couldn't see Cheryl. And I think the tickets were like five bucks or something because it was the opening of this concert um, venue. Elmwood Park shoes are pretty cheap too. Yeah, it's normally not too expensive. I remember it being super cheap because they were trying to have a big crowd for this big opening. Yeah. And then the weekend before the grand opening, they had a event there. It was a Battle of the Bands event. And I was playing in a band called Dirty Rumors. So effectively... I opened for Cheryl Crow. <laughs> this one feels like a stretch. Well, I mean, she was billed as opening this venue, and who played there the week before? Me. Uh, uh, this one feels like a stretch, but I'll give it to you, Tim. I'll let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> We've hung out in the same area backstage. We probably use the same lavatory or something. You know, me and Cheryl, we're... Close, sort of ish. But if you're going to use the Elwood Park thing, Tim, you've played at Elwood Park a few times, right? I've probably played there 10 times. There's been quite a few people who played at Elwood Park. Mm-hmm. I know the village people were there not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the B52s were there not that long ago. So, like, if we're going to go there, Tim, you're effectively a member of all of them. Too. <laughs> 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 we could go on for days. I think um, that uh, the Wallflowers, that one headlight band, one hit wonders were there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a citizen of the world I'm a citizen <laughs> of the internet And most of all I'm a citizen of the music community At large <laughs> And with that we will say goodbye See you later Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>